0: welcome to season four of passing the peace featuring amy meyer and nancy mccraney passing the peace is a podcast with a progressive look at faith religion god the bible and some other stuff if you're listening right now it only takes a few
1: clicks to help us out you can subscribe to passing the peace you can give us a review and you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested
0: This is our special Easter episode. The sermon that we talk about is from last year, 2022, but the conversation that we have is just this week. So we begin now with the infamous church mice, and we hope you enjoy. All right, so this is kind of exciting because this is the first Easter in several years, that we've been here in the sanctuary for worship. Last year, we were outside, which was fun. And the year before that, we were at home. So this is the first time we're here in the sanctuary for Easter in several years. And on a personal note, it's also the first time in several years that I have seen my little brother who's sitting right here. Andy, can you wave? (laughs) In several years, he's from Lubbock and his family is here, my family, his family is here too. And so I was telling the church mice who were hiding earlier, but we found them. They're here uh, on the lectern. I was telling the church mice all about my little brother. And they started freaking out because they said their little brother is also coming for Easter. And so we started talking all about little brothers. And I said, uh, it would tell me about your little brother. And they said, my little brother loves vegetable lasagna. And I said, that's crazy. My little brother also loves vegetable lasagna. And they said, how does he order it when he goes to a restaurant? I said, I think he just orders extra lasagna. And they said, well, our little brother, when he goes to a restaurant, he says, hold the sauce, hold the noodles, and hold the vegetables. So just cheats. <laughs> I said, my little brother plays the ukulele. And they said, wow, our little brother also plays the ukulele. Can you believe that? And I said, no. And they said, in fact, our little brother is in an all-ukulele band. I said, get out of here. They said, yeah, it is called, give us some cheese, or we will not stop playing our ukuleles. (laughs) I said, well, my little brother practices martial arts, and one of the things he practices is called Tai Chi. And it's this special form of martial arts where usually you move very slowly, very, very slowly, and it's almost like a moving meditation as you're doing the martial arts. I I can't do it. But they said, our little brother also practices martial arts. He practices something called Tai Chi's. And that's, yes, and that's where you eat a bunch of cheese, and then you move around very, very slowly for the rest of the day. And he's actually a black belt in Thai cheese. So our little brothers actually have a whole lot in common. I think their little brother might be here. Let me check the mouse we had a doorbell installed. Let me see if he's here. Here is the little brother. He brought his ukulele. He's going to play with us? That's amazing. What I'm showing them is a mouse that is identical to the church mice, only much, much bigger in size. And I found a little ukulele Christmas ornament to have him carry. So the story that we heard that Frank read for us today comes from the Gospel according to Luke. And as Luke tells it, it was very early in the morning as the nighttime was just ending and the day was starting to begin. And some of the women were on their way to the tomb with some spices to anoint the body of their dead friend. Now, we assume that they could have stayed home might have been an easier thing to do. But they chose to get up and to physically go to the tomb with some spices, with some things to do physically. They were going to show their love for their dead friend by anointing the body. Maybe they might have straightened his hair. Maybe they might have tidied his clothes. They were going to physically do something to show their love for Jesus. But when they got there, they found something unexpected. The stone had been rolled away, and Jesus was not there. And then suddenly, two angels appeared, physically appeared. And the two angels tell the women that Jesus is not there because Jesus is risen. So the two women go, physically go, to the other disciples. I guess they didn't have phones back then. They went, and they told the news to the disciples. And not all the disciples believe them right away, but Peter decides to physically get up and go to see for himself. He stoops down, he looks into the tomb, and he sees with his own eyes that it's just the linen cloths laying there where the body would have been. So there's a lot of physical presence in this story that I'm catching this year. The women are physically leaving their home and going to the tomb. The angels physically appear. And then the women go physically to tell their friends. And then Peter physically gets up and sees for himself that Jesus is not there. He has risen. And it is a life-changing discovery. So you said that what struck you about the passage from Luke was the
1: physicality of it. Yeah. And it sounds like that, was something sort of a new insight so there's all this physical action taking place and i'm curious i mean you talked about it in your sermon but can you remember what struck you about that
0: oh just that we had recently come out of a time of physical distancing right and you know just being cautious as we should because of the covid pandemic but I had never noticed that aspect of the story before and so it just kind of stood out to me mm-hmm. because we had spent, you know, a couple of years not being physically present. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me wonder what would have happened if all this physical stuff wasn't there, if the women hadn't gone that morning to the tomb, if the angels didn't appear, if the women didn't go and tell. The disciples and then if Peter didn't get up and go, if he would have stayed in disbelief with the other disciples. And it makes me wonder also what we might be missing when we don't show up. Maybe to a place where God has prepared something for us to see or experience in a way that we would never have seen or experienced if we didn't physically go and i was struck you talked a
1: lot especially at the end of the sermon about the call to go Mm -hmm. to go to show up physically and that made me wonder about times when we don't do that
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like what keeps us from doing that it made me wonder are we sometimes so much just in our heads Or even in our hearts, you know, that we have this kind of pious, personal, individual spirituality or Christianity. When it's also supposed to be our mind, our heart, and our body. Mm -hmm. Like physical. Where do I need to go? Where do I need to be? What do I need to do? Yeah. It also makes me think of my mother's in a memory care facility. And those aren't the most pleasant places to go. And she's my mom. I'm going to go several times a week. And recently I sort of had this change of Mm -hmm. heart where I thought, you know, it's probably not fun for those people who live there or definitely those people who work there. I get to leave. I come and go. The people that work there are there 12 hour shifts. Usually. Oh, wow. Um, they have people 24 seven, you know, aides and a nurse on, you know, on site. And then the people that, have to be in there they're locked in there yeah so I've decided to start learning everybody's name Mm. and speaking to everybody a little bit I don't have all the time in the world because I'm usually headed to work or headed home but I try to make contact and see if I can get them to look up at me sometimes it's funny I'll say There's a woman named Dorothy. Hi, Dorothy. And she'll say, I don't believe we've met. And it's like, oh, yeah, you wouldn't. (laughs) But actually, we've met, you know, many, many times. Or like just sitting, if I'm sitting with my mom at a meal, there's this little lady that kind of whispers to herself, but it's usually religious language, like, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. come." And it's this repetitive. There's another woman that holds a baby doll. Um, And some of the people, when you have conversations with them you think do you have dementia but then later you'll see them in another situation and you think (laughs) oh yeah you do (laughs) so it's been a good spiritual practice for me to leave my reality outside and enter into theirs this is their whole world so that's been an interesting and unexpected place for me to feel sort of called (laughs) yeah to go and see to go and listen
0: I don't know about y'all but I was not one of those people who was like following the science and like watching the news leading up like I was totally surprised by the pandemic I didn't know it was coming I didn't you know some people kind of said that they knew but I was just continually surprised as things unfolded like what there's a pandemic what we have to stay home what like what's happening you know everything was a surprise to me I had no idea what was going on and I started thinking That's often how bad news comes to us as a surprise. Not always, obviously, but it kind of almost always feels like a surprise when you get bad news, even if you kind of suspect it's coming. So for example, if you get a terrible diagnosis from a doctor, normally you go to the doctor because you suspect something might be wrong. But from the conversations I've had with people in that situation, when you get that diagnosis, it's like you were punched in the face unexpectedly. It's just, it hits you. Or if your car breaks down, sometimes you kinda know that something's wrong with your car and you haven't taken it in yet. Maybe that's just me sometimes, but, but then it's still, even though it's still a surprise when your car suddenly breaks down and you have to take it to the shop. Or if something happens you know, in your family or with one of your friends, it just kinda always seems psychologically like bad news comes at us and surprises us. Good news, on the other hand seems like the opposite to me. It's almost like you know you kind of anticipate good news coming you're all you know being surprised by good news seems like maybe that's not as common so for example, like i nobody's surprised that they're getting married today, like you know what i've I spend all this time with the invitations and the reservations and the, you know, planning and the wedding cake tasting, you know, it's like a whole big thing leading up to your day. You're not surprised that it's happening. When you're having a baby, you have, you know, some time to prepare to have a baby and maybe the exact day is a surprise, but you kind of know it's coming usually. Um, or if you get a promotion at work and, you know, a lot of times you're working towards that promotion. You're hoping to get it, you know, if you get a good grade on a test. Usually it's because you know the material, you've prepared for the test. And so it just kind of seems like good news is something that you anticipate for a while, and that's part of the reason why Easter is kind of cool and weird, because it's a sub- goodness, It's like a good news surprise, like, you know, and we work really hard to try to make it feel that way in the church calendar. And then you talked about how, you talked about surprises, that sometimes
1: bad surprises feel like they're all of a sudden, and good surprises, not always, but often, you kind of know they're coming,
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: and then you contrasted, like, Christmas, we have Advent to prepare for the birth of this baby, and then Lent is more about the crucifixion of Jesus, and that makes Easter Sunday more of a surprise, even though, you know, we do this every year, but it is sort of the changing of the colors, the changing of the pyramids the we have a Brown cross mm-hmm. normally in our sanctuary and we switch it out on Easter Sunday for a white cross. So it's really a visible physical symbol of this wonderful surprise that Christ is not dead. Christ is risen. Um, So I liked that. I thought that was a really, and it made me really think about, oh yeah, when I receive bad news, even if I sort of know it's a possibility, I think there's a part of my brain that doesn't want to believe that would happen. Whereas there's a part of my brain that really hopes a good thing is going to happen, even though I've been totally blown away by good news now and then. But it's more often the case that even when I sort of suspect something not good is about to happen, it kind of knocks me down. Yes. And it feels really physical. Yeah. Like like you said, a punch in the gut or a punch in the throat, or you, you, know, you feel like you can't breathe. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting to think about.
0: I partially learned that piece about being surprised by bad news, working for hospice. Mm-hmm because i would have a hospice patient who was a skeleton in a bed who had not had any food or drink for like two weeks and was you know fish out of water breathing yeah for four days or something Mm -hmm. you know i mean it's just and the family would still be really shocked
1: when they died yeah yeah
0: yeah and they would always say things like you know i thought i was prepared right for this and cuz you know they had been told it was coming for at least a year you yes. know by doctors or whatever right. and but it was still when it happened it was like they weren't as prepared as they thought yeah. and and it happened it wasn't just you know one no. family no it was
1: yeah yeah how could this be almost everyone yeah it's like my, it's, and and I do think with hard news there's this sense of before and after mm-hmm. yes That I'm not sure is always there with good news. True. Sometimes. But, um, and I, it also made me think about the disciples and the women, you know, how physical all this must have been because they had spent the previous day watching their friend and their teacher be brutally tortured and murdered and had, the women in particular had stayed right until the end. Mm -hmm. And then getting up that early that next morning, probably needing to do this ritual anointing of the body, but also maybe just instinctually needing to do something.
0: So how do we experience the surprise of Easter? One way is to go looking for it. One way is to physically get up and go and see what you can see and experience what you can experience. Don't miss the opportunity to physically go and see what God might be doing out in the world. Because you also tied it in with being mindful, being
1: awake, being sort of wonder in wonder, right? So you, you talked about... Wishing you could go to Walmart. yeah, you know, it's like, wow, that's
0: desperate. yeah. <laughs> and I'll say a year later, I've stopped appreciating it right. Yeah. <laughs> but
1: you know, if you think about the first time you went back to a restaurant, it's yeah. a little bit scary, but also like, oh, amazing, someone cooking food for me and delivering yeah, it. Um, or going to somebody else's house or coming to worship in person. And I remember at work, Um, you know, we were all remote for so long. And then when we started coming back in, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of resistance to coming back. And then you would hear bursts of laughter down Mm -hmm. the hallway. And people said, oh, it feels so good to be back with each other again. So I think that's a big part of it. Not losing that sense of, oh, I get to do this. And God might just show up five eyes to see right
0: yes yeah. to hear. yes yeah.
1: so I like that but it's not just because some people do too much really. yeah they don't have any boundaries and, right um, and some people probably don't do enough it's not that it's more the spirit in which you you're called out you 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 follow you're looking for the risen one. In any situation so it could be you're already you know you're in the line dropping off your kids at school or all these tedious humdrum things we do day in and day out but to, to do those things with the mind of Christ with the open heart you never know what you're gonna experience what you're gonna encounter how that's gonna affect you and somebody else so I think that was the, that was the message I took away. It's like, okay, remove the stones from my eyes, you know, roll away the stone from my heart, get my butt up and moving, you know? Yeah. Cause I think I tend, I'm one of those people that tends to think, oh, I don't want to do that. You know, it mm. sounds like a lot of energy and inevitably when I do it, it's like, wow, that was really, mm. that was good.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And if you do it and it is an energy drain and not good, don't do it again. Don't do it again. <laughs> do you feel like
1: a lot of people you come in contact with are sort of passive in their faith or in their practice?
0: Hmm. I think maybe the answer to that is that people are interested in and active in spurts. Uh-huh. And then they become passive. Uh-huh so there's you know maybe something that happens in their life and and they suddenly get activated right. for a day yes you know or something and maybe like read whatever they can online or whatever or you know order a religious book yeah. or you know whatever yeah and so i think what i heard
1: in your sermon was easter is calling us to be like fully present not just occasionally but to really make that our practice to go out into the world and experience new life or and I also thought it's one thing I heard was Easter's not just something that happens to us or was done for us it's something we participate in Mm. like you said what if the women hadn't What if the angels hadn't physically appeared? What if Peter hadn't run and looked? Well, maybe that was part of it, Mm -hmm. is our physical, bodily, whole participation in this new thing, this surprise, this wonderful
0: turn of events. We have this opportunity and it feels like a fresh opportunity to me to adjust what we choose to go and do but also to adjust how we experience it now there will be times when bad news will catch you off guard there will be times when you will be blindsided by bad news and there may even be times when it might feel impossible to leave your house. And that's why it's important to go in search of the empty tomb. That's why it's important to take advantage of the opportunities that we do have so that we can see what God is doing in the world and participate in that work. It's a reminder for us to remember that good news can and does break into our lives in unexpected ways, even in the darkest of times. It's an important reminder that we are supposed to participate in the work that God is doing. Of course, staying at home, praying, those things are very important. But when there's an opportunity to go and really participate in the work of the church, in the work of the community, to experience God's work in the world, do take that, especially now. So the next time you go out your front door with a silly grin on your face, yelling, I'm going to Walmart. The next time your little brother comes to visit or whatever the equivalent of a little brother is for you, The next time that God summons you to go to a place where you might experience an opportunity to see what God is doing, do take it. Take it because it might just be a life-changing decision. So let Easter roll the stones away from your eyes. Let Easter break open the tomb of your hearts. Let Easter call you, summon you, to stand in a place where you might be called to stand or to stand in a way that might be different than you've ever stood before. The tomb stands open to the sky and we are called to proclaim it. Now here comes your cheer, are you ready? Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Let's do it one more time. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. That's it for the podcast today. Remember, it only takes a few clicks to help us out. You can subscribe to Passing the Peace. You can give us a review. And you can even share the podcast with someone who might be interested. This is Amy Meyer coming to you from the First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. You can find us on our website at www.f pcl.org. That's First Presbyterian Church in Elgin, Texas. If you enjoy the kinds of conversations that we are having, and if you think that these kinds of conversations are important, then we invite you to come and join us. Join in on these conversations if you're in the area. And until next time, the peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Now go and pass the peace to everyone you meet.